0: This episode of Disney Film Project is brought to you by the letter A, the number three, and touringplans.com. Check out the new optimized touring plans. If you go on your phone and use the Lines application while you're in the parks, the touring plans will update automatically based on the latest data. It's the coolest thing ever. you got to check it out. Check out the Lines application and the new optimized touring plans over at touringplans.com. They are the sponsor of this episode of the Disney Film Project podcast. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. Hope you are all doing well. Glad to be back with you again this week on this show, which is where we review the films of the Walt Disney Company and all of their fun and assorted uh, computations, permutations, prequels, sequels, midquels, and everything in between. Uh, I am Ryan Kilpatrick, the host of the program. Along with my fine feathered friends who are here to impart their filmic knowledge. Uh, first of all, we have Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who is a blogger over at TouringPlants.com, who is our sponsor for this episode, Yay Touring Plants, Chief Technical Officer at DisneyDrivenLife.com. How are you, Mr. Perlmutter?
1: I'm doing great today. How are you doing? I'm, d- I'm doing just fabulous. It was couldn't can- do better. It was a candy-free day for me at work.
0: Which, but, which well, then you couldn't be doing
1: stressed. that great. I know, no, it means oh, I wasn't okay, stressed.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. well, that's good. Uh, also joining us, we have Miss Brianna Alessio, who is a attractions blogger at DisneyDrivenLife.com. And she has her own crazy blog at Adventures of Breed, Adventures of How are you this evening, Brie?
2: I am doing wonderful. How are you doing, Ryan?
0: I'm just great. Couldn't be better.
2: Good. So
0: the person who's going to uh, edit all this together and make sense of it, because, well, that's what she does, is Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who you can find at about.me slash Cheryl P3, and you can read her notes about these episodes, which I'm very scared of. How are you, Cheryl?
3: Doing good. I didn't do my I have not done many notes for our last episode yet. But I did have a house guest with us who was who was with me during editing some of the episodes. She was giggling along with me. So I am not the only one that giggles along when when we're talking about the show. I would
0: imagine there's a lot of giggling, yes.
3: <laughs>
0: I imagine there's lots and lots of giggling. It's crazy. Alright. So this evening we will be discussing or or day, I don't know when you're listening. <laughs> You know, whatever. Uh, but it's evening for us, and we will be discussing the 1996 remake of 101 Dalmatians, the live action version. Woo! Um, kind of crazy. We haven't talked about the animated one, but you know what? We don't follow those conventional rules that other podcasts have.
2: They're more like guidelines, anyway.
0: They're rules? Exactly. We we, we, we make our own path. We do. We, we chart the uncharted territory and we sail forward and make things happen.
1: That's yeah, I, by the way, I have, I have a budgetary change request for the path. Uh, no. No?
2: I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Alright. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have uh, 101 Dalmatians released in 1996 uh, starring Miss Glenn Close in the role of Cruella DeVille Uh, Jeff Daniels as Roger, Jolie Richardson as Anita, and a host of other actors in the side roles. Probably the only one that most of us will recognize just from the name would be Hugh Laurie, who uh, portrays one of Cruella's henchmen known as Jasper. Uh, This was a very well-received film at the box office. It made around $136 million when it was released. Uh, However, critically, not... Quite uh, so well received.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: the Kilpatrick.
1: Yeah, no, no, it didn't do well on Rotten no, Tomatoes, right? But it did. But it did well opening weekend, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, for
2: that.
1: Um, it, it performed at the box office big time. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, it was I, 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 the numbers I pulled for from an article from the time period. Uh, Forty-six million dollars opening weekend. Roughly, Uh, it knocked Star Trek First Contact from the top spot. It beat the former weekend record holder, which at the time was Back to the Future Part 2. Okay, so there was a long time period between there.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) Disney execs loved the movie and considered it a complete success, by the way. Um, which is why it ended up with a sequel later on, which we can discuss later. Um, like which I said, is why, which, is, which
0: tells me a lot about Disney execs at the time. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Go on. Well, it was, but it well, let's face it, money, right? You know, that's the thing. Uh, it was, like I said, not well loved. on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's also, it's Friday tally beat out the previous single record day record holder, which was Toy Story at the time. Mm-hmm. At 13 wow. million dollars, yeah. So it was a big weekend and a big release. Yeah, it was.
0: I don't know why.
1: I <laughs> don't. You know, I'm sure we'll know by the end of this episode why you don't you know why, though.
2: Sure will. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah.
0: So if you if you've seen the the animated version, uh, you you've basically um, seen a better version of this. Did I say that out loud? Um,
2: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I am, I haven't said this in a while. I am quitting this podcast. Right. No, don't
0: quit. Argue with me. It's fine. That's what we're here for. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. Play. That's right. Conflict I, is good. Yeah. It exactly. Makes really. for interesting podcasting, right? I awesome. agree there.
2: Yes. I just don't want this to be another prom episode.
0: Um, I it? don't. I don't know what Todd feels about this one, but I was. I was very unimpressed. Um. So, so, just to run through the plot, in case you have not heard of it or haven't seen it, uh, the original version or this version, that it, or it read basically, the book. or indeed read the book, uh, it follows uh, Roger, who is uh, in this case a video game designer. In the animated version, he's 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 a different, uh, has a different career, composer, I believe, and uh, he has a pet Dalmatian, Pongo. He runs into Anita, who uh, has a pet. Dalmatian Perdita, and the two of them fall in love, the Dalmatians fall in love, uh, but Cruella DeVille, who is Anita's boss, wants to make a fur coat, she's in love with fur, but she wants to make a fur coat out of Dalmatian fur, which is kind of disgusting. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) And that is pretty much... The, the basics of the plot, she goes and uh, hires someone to try and steal the Dalmatians' uh, puppies, after they have puppies, and the entire last 45 minutes to an hour of the movie is after they have kidnapped them, um, Pongo, Perdita, and a host of critters trying to get the puppies
1: back. Yes. Yes. so where to swear to start so I, I guess can I so I am not probably as in complete hatred as it seems of like you are of the movie Ryan but I did want to discuss my biggest problem with the movie okay which is I actually it,
2: have a problem with the movie too but it yeah. is
1: it is far too long yes it, it, it is like 20 to 25 minutes longer than it needs to be there's way too much filler in this movie
0: I think that's my basic problem. There's no story in this movie, right? You know, a story is, there's plenty of plot, right? We describe the plot, but there's no story. We don't track a character, see them grow, have them overcome anything. I I get the fact that the puppies are kidnapped and that's the conflict in the movie, but we don't really get a sense of character or story from anybody in the movie. That's my problem with it.
2: Okay. My my main two issues with the film, number one, the length of it, I think this easily could be an hour and 15-minute film. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. And also the fact, <laughs> I don't know why this has issue with me, maybe because it's live action, because they do this in the animated films as well, but as soon as they met, like, a few hours later, they decide they're going to get married. Who does that?
1: Yeah. People who, who fall in a lake, Apparently.
3: Apparently. Apparently. And, oh, I can't bring up the second topic, but let's just say, do your math, kids. Do that your ba- math. That baby comes soon.
0: Yes. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you on that one, Cheryl. <laughs> really, and,
3: and there are, I, way, I, too
2: many, there are many, way too many dogs <laughs> running around at No Yes,
1: Mar- yes. So, yes I, yes, I agree. At the end of the... So, let's, let's face it. At best, right? At the end of the movie, right? The the baby, uh, the the movie ends about 7 months before the baby is born right which is the last scene in the movie at best right that's when they rescued the pups yeah and they say the baby's a year old so you're talking about 19 months later like Bree said there's no way there are generations and generations and generations of dogs at that point Right. no <laughs> not not a chance
0: but they run through oh that's you know the stepdaughters and step dogs and all this kind of stuff and like Right. How is that even possible?
1: So let's – I get what they were trying to do and why they were doing it. I mean do you know like – do you want to get to the history of the story or do we want to do the story first? Which way do we want to go here today? Uh, well,
0: I mean that's the thing. Like the, the, the whole story – I mean I think everyone kind of knows what the story is about, right? It's, it's what we just talked about of Corella. Um, kidnapping the, the puppies, and and honestly, I mean, like, I don't I don't see a point in going through the entire second half of the film where it's basically home alone with dogs. <laughs> okay. I mean that that was the part where like you guys are saying it's too long. I'm sitting here watching it and I'm just going, I get it. Okay, you know, Cruella and these other two guys are gonna try and get the puppies. The puppies don't want to be gotten, and the animals are fighting them off. Like like after five minutes, that gag gets really, really old.
1: So, do you not like the animated movie? The animated movie is different, though. Well, it's got a whole part that's not in this movie. I yeah.
2: never saw the animated version.
1: What? <sighs> well, that'll change someday. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, the, the animated movie is different to me
0: because I care about Roger and Anita, and I care about the dogs. Right, I don't care about either of them. Like the whole. So let's start with that. Okay, the first part of the movie Roger is is about Roger and Anita, right? Mm -hmm. Congo and Perdita are barely, you know, they're in it, but they're more plot devices to get the two of them together.
1: Right. So first of all, that's one difference in the in the between the two movies is she's not called Perdita in this movie. She's only called Purdy in this movie. But her name's Perdita. I'm sticking with that. It's better than Purdy. That's what I
0: say.
2: Agreed. So,
0: like, but the first part of the movie, like, the entire, I guess, maybe first 20 minutes is about the two of them, the humans, not the dogs. And even at that point, you know, Cruella comes in, and it's about, and and there's a little bit of of something about her, but not a whole lot, which I thought was, I kind of felt like Glenn Close was both wasted and overacted in this movie.
1: Uh, so, I'd yeah. say, but. I, I made a note, too. is I said, this is definitely not her best role. Okay? But it is probably both. But, but it's probably her most visually memorable role. Yes. Right? That's right. me. For sure. I mean, so let's face it. So, um, despite anything else about this movie, while not well defined, the Corella character is well designed. Yeah,
0: visually speaking, the whole movie is actually well designed. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think it, I mean like the set the set design of Cruella's office, the, um, the the setting of the park where they where Anita and Roger first meet, their house, um, you know the the farm or wherever it is where the puppies are run away to. You know, I think all of that stuff is just really well-designed from a a set design or setting standpoint. Okay. I don't disagree with any of that, yeah. Just what happens there, I don't really think is all that compelling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, like you said, the farmhouse is designed clearly to look like the one from the animated movie. Yes. Right? I mean, there's no question there, right? Um... And the, to some
0: degree, the the uh, the apartment or the house where they live is, is a little bit
1: like that. Oh, I guess yeah. It's harder to tell because it's very modernized by comparison, right. whereas the farm is just like a random farm, right? So it's uh, it's you know so it, it gets a little bit more. It's easier to say this looks like that than it is to say the one looks like the other. So the Deville Mansion, right, is a weird. Place to me. I don't know why. It's just like it's the only set that doesn't feel real. Yeah, maybe maybe because it's supposed to feel surreal. I don't know. Yeah, I I can see
0: that. That's that's the kind of weird thing I would say is like each of the 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 sets are designed. I, I like them, but now that you mention it, like the Cruella stuff kind of goes with her character, right? It's way over the top, whereas the rest of the movies not.
1: I, I guess I don't go into this sort of movie necessarily expecting a lot, okay? And maybe so. Maybe I get more out of it as a result. I think we've had this conversation before. It's like I kind of prejudge movies, yeah. so. Um and, you know, it's been a while. I had seen this when it was in the theater. I remember exactly what movie theater I saw it in and everything like that, and what night we did, and how far we park from the theater because that's how my brain works. But there you go. Um, <laughs> scares you, I know, and uh, but. What I, what I'm getting at is I hadn't seen it in a while, until we until we saw it here. And I I I laughed at a lot of it. Uh, you know, it's got things that I find very funny going on in it. Um, I really enjoy you, Laurie, um, in this because it's very much like the characters that he used to play on Black Adder, Like I was saying earlier. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. I completely agree with that.
1: And yeah, and perhaps that's why I enjoyed his portrayal of the character because. You might be, you might be watching this and thinking of how, how good he is now as an actor. Right? Yes. Okay. True. And, and, and you have to understand that since this time he's done all his stage play stuff and he's become house and he's had several good seasons of that show. And so it's a very, he's a very different actor now than he was then.
3: Yeah. No, okay.
0: I, I agree. And I didn't have a problem with Hugh Laurie. Like, I actually thought his character was kind of funny. But, and it probably because of what you said, I've, I've seen him on Blackadder and, and those things and um, his his Laurie and Fry stuff,
1: yep. um, and the Fry comedy sure. team yeah. that, that he was in. You know,
0: so I he was exactly what I expected watching this. Yeah.
1: Now, did, now you want something interesting? Did you know that he, he turned down the role of Roger because he didn't have as much screen time to get the role of Jasper, which has way more screen time?
0: Huh. That's interesting.
2: And, and while we're yeah. on that topic, Hugh Grant was offered the, the role for Roger as well. Was he? Yeah. I'm kind of glad that it went to Daniels. I love Hugh Grant, but for this role, I don't think it would have been right.
1: Yeah, I agree with that now. So not that, I had to, not that Jeff Daniels had much to work with, to be honest. I, I have a comment that I think is going to make Cheryl upset. <laughs> no. I, I think Jeff Daniels makes a better couple with Jolie Richardson
3: than Dennis Quaid does. No, you're the wrong Richardson. I am. You have the wrong Richardson, no. sir. I do. You have, you know, you have, that, that Richardson is Natasha, Natasha Richardson, oh, who passed away in the skiing accident and who was married to um Liam Nielsen. who they are sisters.
1: that's, oh, that's awesome. Liam Neeson. That's Star Wars I,
3: Connection, that's they, they, are si-
1: they are sisters, so that's why, I can, that's why I confuse them, so. Oh, okay. I see, I
0: see. So, you said you went into this movie with, with low expectations, and I can understand that. Um, because because of the kind of movie it is, right? It's a family kind of you know slapstick comedy sort of movie, and I get that. My problem is, I the first thing I saw when I looked this up on IMDb is that it was written by John Hughes, <laughs> and I think that's coloring my perception of the movie.
1: Perhaps. Because to to me, to me. Uh, I also have problems right off the bat with the words live-action remake of an animated movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you want something funny about the, the John Hughes thing, though? This, this movie has made, made him more money than any other movie he's ever had anything to do with. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I read that, and I kind of threw up a little bit.
3: Okay, I, but in his, in his defense, well, in his, well, well, first of all, more against him is that, at the time, he would have been, he had just written Home Alone 2, lost in New York, and probably was writing Home Alone 3, because that came out in 1997.
1: Yes. And was so, back up.
3: But yeah. in his defense.
0: Might as well have been, yes.
3: He did come out with Miracle on 34th Street and Flubber.
0: But. When you're talking about John Hughes, you're talking about a guy who wrote some of the great comedies of the 1980s. And I'm going to mention some R-rated movies here, folks. We don't review do R-rated movies on the program because we want to make sure that everybody can watch some of the movie watch the movies that we review, but we will mention them as a frame of reference for for what we're talking about here. But you're talking about the guy who wrote 16 Candles, Vacation, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck, Home Alone. I mean, you you look at that string of movies, I've seen every one of those multiple times. They're all very, very funny, but they also have great characters at the beginning of them. I, mm-hmm. Okay. I will say Home Alone, possibly not, although that one is better than any of the sequels. But... It just seems like with this, it was all about, let's put the characters in the situation and do some slapstick.
1: Yeah. And the yeah, slapstick this is, wasn't funny. It's right. So this movie is not about characters. It's about characterization, right? And I mean like – I mean, like, sorry, characterization is the wrong word when you're talking movies, but you know what I mean. They're, they're caricatures. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I'm looking for. They're caricatures. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I that may have been what he was shooting for. Um, they may have, they may have actually, so let's face it, while I agree, I've seen every one of those movies also, and multiple times, and I find them all very funny, okay, and there is some of that type of humor in here, but it's toned down, obviously, because it's not an R-rated movie, Sure. okay, but at the same time, he, they may have called him in because he's good at over-the-top sorts of things, and this is an over-the-top thing for sure. Everything that comes directly from the animated movie that this is a live-action remake of sorry I'm just gonna keep having problems with that <laughs> is they, they took all the scenes that they used, right and they they you know like the spinal tap thing another you know movie and, yes. and they tur- and they turned them up to 11 right is, is they went they went beyond what they were to turn the, to turn the scenes in this movie into caricatures of the movie of the scenes that are in the actual animated movie.
0: Yes. Okay. Sorry,
1: yeah. I got that out. And, and I time. get
0: that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get that. It's just like, and and I'm I'm actually fine with like a move, like you said, a movie that's about caricatures and slapstick. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, like, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Um, where I have the problem is if it's not funny. So Bree, I know you like this.
2: I do, and there's a reason I like this. I like it because I don't have to think about it.
0: Um, but I agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: knew you were going to... Yeah, um, Yeah, I mean, there are many, many things that I could could criticize this over. I mean, you guys already have pretty much said everything that's been in my mind that was wrong with this film. And there may not be a whole lot that is right with this film, but I like it because it's just fun and... You know, if you're in a bad mood, you just pop it in and it can change your mood around. It's just silly. It's fun. I don't know. That's why it's not one of my favorites, obviously. Um, it doesn't have enough heart for me to name it one of my favorites. It's not like on the Little Mermaid Pete's Dragon scale or anything. But, um, you know, I really enjoy it, so.
0: That, like that's what your your whole thing about heart like I, and I, I trust me I get it because like you know hey I'm the guy that like country bears over here so yeah what's I'm not wrong gonna with criticizing voices you know <laughs> 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 but uh, that whole thing you were saying about not having enough heart that was my biggest problem like I just didn't care like I, like okay the two of them get married in the first twenty minutes and they're going to have a baby, and they're going to have puppies, and, like, all the whole time that I've been watching those two human characters, I don't really care, you know, there's nothing that I have seen that has made me care about those two characters. And then the POV um, switches completely to that of the animals, and the animals all of a sudden, you know, like, working together to, in some sort of insane way, to free the puppies, which I thought kind of, like I understood where it was coming from right because it, I'd seen the animated movie but I felt like in this movie it kind of just came out of nowhere
2: yeah like, they could have they could have led up to that like like they were all friends previously they could have at least shown them in a previous scene just to show that there was some connection there
1: yeah right well so that that's part of the problem right is that in, in the mo- in the animated movie the animals talk right and in this movie right. the oh, animals they? yeah so in it, 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 well, it's a Disney movie. Yeah.
2: Okay, Todd.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, and so here's the thing, right? In in this movie, they don't talk, right? Well, I mean, they talk to each other, but they don't talk in a way that we can understand, right? right. And and because of that, we don't get the explanations for things. So they don't actually name the Twilight Bark in the movie, right? But in the animated right. movie, that what they're doing is this thing called the Twilight Bark, and it's actually that's right out of the original book. Okay. Right as well so it 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 carries you know carries forth and this is what that is it's the exact same thing but they don't have because there's no explanation for it it just it 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 makes it look odder than it actually needs to be
0: we've talked about it before how movies and and all kinds of entertainment really these days they sometimes will rely on you having seen something else and therefore will not give you the entire story and i felt that that's what they were doing with this movie is they relied on you having seen the animated movie and therefore left out big chunks of story that would have made this a more complete film.
3: Yeah, exactly. I agree. I don't know, but because if we talk about making the animals talk, then doesn't the movie come to come to be a Beverly Hills Chihuahua-esque? No. I'm, I'm actually... I'm just I'm I'm, I'm I'm okay wondering that. I'm okay that they didn't
1: talk in the movie. I'm just saying that it leaves... It leaves – I agree with Ryan because it, it's, it's just another thing that serves the fact that because the writers are already leaving things out, okay, is it just leaves more out.
3: But right? my point it, is, had they yeah. talked, would we be more criticizing it more or we would we be criticizing it less?
1: It would have been a very different movie. Okay. So here's yeah, the thing, right? So, so remember back to Lady and the Tramp, how we discussed that most of the movie is shot – it is, is anim- Sorry, shot. animated in a manner whereby everything is from the, the middle to the feet of the humans and you never see the upper half of the humans because it's always from the dog's perspective, yes. right? Yes. A lot of the 101 Dalmatians, the animated one, is done the same way. Oh. Yes. Okay. And that may have been the reason for the transition, right, where they go from all uh, the human point of view – after 40 minutes of the movie to being completely to the animal's point of view for a while, right? I mean, there, there's right. very clear transitions. So, I actually, I guess it's not even for the whole movie. It's when they're on, when when the humans are in focus and talk, talking, the humans are in focus and talking, and it's their movie. And it's like the animals are having a whole different movie.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that, that that's actually the perfect way to sum it up, because that's what it feels like. When we go to the animals and them trying to rescue the puppies... It, it does. It feels like the animals have now drifted off into their own movie and you're like, what happened to those people I just spent 40 minutes with?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That, that was, yeah. I was thinking the same thing, watching it, saying, you know, they're, they're not focusing enough attention in the middle of the story on Roger and Anita. They have to get back to this.
3: But, right, but well, again, basically, I...
1: Basically, they disappear for like 45 minutes to an hour of the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's an issue. My only issue was Nanny. Like, like she comes out of nowhere. I mean, she like, she's Mary Poppins. She comes out of nowhere. Oh, wait, we knew her. And here she is, taking care of us. It's like... Well, they,
1: they do have the scene where she establishes herself as the nanny of her, of her nanny when she was a kid.
3: Oh, okay. I missed that part. So, okay. so, but,
1: but what I find interesting is that they didn't know that they were going to have a baby at that point. So who hires a nanny for dogs? Yeah, I, I I
0: thought that, too.
1: <laughs> so that was really my bigger problem with the whole nanny thing. I mean, once there was a kid involved and going to be on the way, okay. Yeah. But, you know, up until that point where that happens, it kind of seemed odd to me. Yeah, um, I agree.
0: So so what we talked briefly about Glenn Close, but she's obviously the centerpiece of the movie as Cruella. Yes. So what did everybody think of of her performance as Cruella?
2: I mean, I have to agree that some of it was very overacted. Um, You know, she screamed a lot of her lines.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't come across the same way as when you're watching an animated film. I mean, maybe she thought it would, but it didn't. Um,
0: Maybe she thought it was animated
1: and she was just being very method.
2: That could very well be.
1: Well, you know, so not a surprise for Glenn Close, right? <laughs> true. <laughs> but yeah, that, true. That, that said, I, I kind of agree with that portrayal of it. Is, is she is clearly the animated character taken to a whole new level.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So the Cruella DeVille, as portrayed in the animated movie, she's a little out there to begin with. I don't really understand why you need to take out there and put it more out there. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. But that that said, she's like my favorite character in the whole movie, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I adore
2: Glenn Close. And, uh, folks, I'm going to mention another rated R movie here. This is one you really have to, you know, ch- children do not watch. But she was excellent in uh, Fatal Attraction. Which is one of, uh, which is actually my favorite role that she has played. Where again, her best
0: acting performance.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you know, again, this was just a little, a little bit too much. I enjoyed watching her in this film a lot,
1: but she, she is the movie. I mean, it's kind so you know, in, in the animated movie, the movie is about the dogs and not so much her. She's just got a, she's got a great song, and I think that's what kind of propels her as a character from the animated movie, right? Yeah. Here, this movie is about Cruella. It's not about the dogs.
0: But, but that's the thing. Like, the movie's not really about anybody. There's no central character in the movie. There's no character that you latch on to or set of characters. Like we said, the human characters and Roger and Anita, they shift. Pongo and Perdita don't talk. They're not in a lot of the movie there's, you know, like, there's no character to latch on to. You can't have Glenn Close be the center of the movie when she's the bad guy.
1: Right. No, no, I agree. It's not the, it's, So it's not the smartest thing to make the bad guy the central character in a movie, because it always fails. It works well in books. It works very well in comic books. But it, it, it seldom works on the, in the movie screen. Seldom.
0: Yeah, I mean it can it can work if you if you're given a reason to root for the villain.
1: It antiheroes work better. Like to I hate to go back to Vin Diesel, right, but if you're talking about his character from the pitch black movies or the Chronicles of Riddick, you know, Riddick, right? Right. He 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 is an antihero and he is a good central character, but he is not a nice person.
3: I don't know, I kinda thought Lucky might have been our central character. Um, cause he's he actually we follow him. He's mostly in every except for the one scene where of course, he's kidnapped. Um, but he, I mean he's in every scene. They cause he's the one they think dies. He's the one over the farmhouse that takes like like but like, he's the last one to be rescued. He's the last. He's you know the old dog has to save him and helps up. You know. He helps up the trap against the Skinner guy. I, I guess it's fair to say that
1: after Pongo and Purdy, Lucky probably does get the most screen time as a dog. But maybe, yeah. you know, yeah.
3: maybe he was our, maybe he was supposed to be our, our focus. And
1: I, I, I guess, but maybe on the other hand, a lot of that could have been lost on the cutting room floor, right? Yeah. The fact that we have to ask
0: this question
1: is not the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a I, problem I, I agree so you know what the most disappointing thing to me about the movie is is in terms of what they cut out I really miss that they don't do the bit where they cover themselves in soot and they and they ta- and they escape on the truck yes right really? that's also from the book and it's you know it, and here's the thing right it's it's the middle of winter you have puppies and you're traipsing around in the wilderness overnight maybe even longer it's unclear yeah right and i'm surprised that they even got 101 dalmatians back to the apartment as a result of that i would agree okay and that's and in the movie that's the whole reason for covering them in soot and going on the truck right in it is it, that they're you know it, they're concerned for the safety of the dogs of the puppies right it, it's weird that they cut it out because having them, like I said, having the traps around just didn't make much sense to me.
0: Yeah, I did not understand the whole second half of the movie. So I was mildly enjoying the first part. Up with, until what point? With them falling in love. Okay. Uh, up until up until He's
2: falling in love within a twelve-hour period.
0: Yeah. Uh, up until, yeah, they meet, they fall in love. Yeah, I, the whole marriage tea conversation, I'm with you, Bree. I'm like, that's weird.
2: Yeah, who does that?
0: Yeah, they probably yeah. get married the following Saturday, too. You know.
2: I know, right? right? Yeah.
0: Um, but up until the point where the puppies get kidnapped, I was I was hanging with it. And then, we, like I said, we go into this whole home alone with dogs sequence with electric fences and you know, mud baths and animals taking on, like, intricate Ocean's Eleven-style plots. Right.
1: I, and I'm I'm just like, what just happened here? I, I agree a lot with the Home Alone comment. Is Horace and Jasper are like the two guys in Home Alone whose names I can't remember at the moment?
2: Yeah, Joe Pesci and I don't remember.
1: Right, well, I, I mean the characters.
2: Character, so. Yeah, I'm I can't sure. remember. I can't yeah. remember.
3: But, yeah. This film does have one redeeming quality. It does have an actual guy that was actually a stormtrooper in the Death Star. Uh,
1: in the original what? Star Wars movie.
3: Yep. Really? Yep.
1: does. Yep.
2: It's not John Shrapnel, is it?
1: No, it's it's some Harry Fields, is the guy's name, right? Fielder. Fielder. Okay. Yeah, oh, interesting. Very cool.
2: Okay. So, with all the comparisons to Home Alone, Ryan, do you think that if Tim Curry was in this film, it would have been a lot better?
0: (laughs) I think if Tim Curry's in any film, it's a lot better.
2: Fair enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you you think it's also because you, Laurie, was in Stuart Little? Uh, It could be. (laughs) (laughs) Actually,
2: Jasper, Jasper is, I think, my favorite character in this film. And not just because it's the name of the Perlmutter's dog.
3: Okay. Um,
2: <laughs> no, but I don't know. I actually would have enjoyed if Jasper had more screen time. That's how much I enjoyed his character, to be completely honest, because I am a big Hugh Laurie fan. But
0: I agree with that. I, I, thought, I, agree. I thought he was pitch perfect for the movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Like his his whole shtick of, of, of trying to be the proper English gentleman, even though he's the crook and... You know, introducing himself to Cruella every time and uh, I, I really love the, the part where she comes up upon him and asks him where the puppies are and he goes through that whole shtick of you know oh as usual madam has zeroed right in
2: on the problem at hand <laughs> and, <you> know,
0: <laughs> that is good yeah that, that was the funniest thing in the movie to me
2: what was actually the funniest scene to me was when Horace and Jasper were at Skinner's door, and Jasper is telling him, now keep your mouth shut, don't say anything, don't say anything about the mark on his neck, and Skinner opens the door, and he goes, look at that horrible scar on your neck! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he screams it, oh, I just think that's hilarious. <laughs>
1: Yes, I, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed them. The only scene I didn't enjoy with them because it was just it just was too long a wind up to the, to the joke was the electric fence.
2: Oh yeah, that was cheesy.
1: Everything else that they did was fine.
0: Yeah, the electric fence was bad. Yeah, that that was not good.
2: No.
1: So I I wanted to because I've actually read the book and seen the old movie and seen this movie and I just wanted to discuss some of the differences. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay, cool. So in the book, the humans are Mr. and Mrs. Dearly, right? And as we know, in the animated movie, they're Roger and Anita Radcliffe. And in here, they're just Roger and Anita. I don't even think they mentioned the last names. Uh, I don't think so. They did. They did. Yeah, Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. Um,
0: It's in – it's – because I was looking for it. They did mention it. It's – oh, shoot. I think it's when – Uh, She's offering the check. Oh, it's
1: it's written on the check.
0: Yeah, it's written on the check. I know that, but I think there's one other place where they actually say his last name.
3: Yeah, it's on the newspaper. It's newspaper. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they don't actually
1: say the name, right? It's just shown that. No, I think there's one
0: place because I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing it at one place in the movie, and I can't remember where it was now.
1: Okay,
3: they show both names. Okay, that's fine. So
1: it, it, I just want, I'm going to keep going. So in, in this movie, Roger is a video game designer, right? As you indicated earlier, he's a songwriter in the animated movie. In the book, however, he is the financial genius of the entire United Kingdom. Literally, okay. that's a, bit literally, of a leap. In the book, they go into this whole thing about how he, um, and I know this isn't really germane to the movie, but I just like I, it's kind of odd, so I figured I'd zone in on it. Is they go into this whole thing about how he rescued the entire country from debt due to his financial wizardry, and he's been set up for life as completely tax free on anything he does, as a result. <laughs> Okay, which is how. Okay. That's how they explain he has money. So remember, that's that's how they explain his money in the book. In the movie, he has in the animated movie, because I can't say the movie, I have to say the animated movie. He makes his money writing the song about Cruella, which is the famous song itself, right? In the live action one, he makes it because of the video game, which is actually a video game that Disney sold. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure from what I remember. It didn't look as good because it was hand drawn, but they sold one that was exactly like it. Incidentally, the video game in the movie. They're all the characters are animated using the uh, animations, uh, off the animation stills of the original. Uh, oh, really?
0: Hopefully. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that was one way, one way or the other, except for the character of the wizard in there, which was the plumber. Thought you thought find it interesting. So they're yes. exactly designed to look like the characters from the original movie. The book has two nannies, not one. I don't well. even know why there were two nannies, don't ask me. <laughs> because <laughs> we already had sure. okay, that, well, that
0: was going to be my next question so okay well, yeah. we,
1: well, come on we were asking why there was even one nanny in the movie and you have, and so it just like two makes it even more confusing so here's the here's where it gets interesting Pongo is not married to Perdisha or Purdy in the book his wife is named Mrs and they're already married okay mm-hmm. um, so all the marriages happen before I think in the animated movie they happen before also right they're already married or not I can't right. try they are right. Hello? Uh, yeah, yeah they, are. they are. Yeah. Okay. I'm not crazy. Okay. Um. So his, his so Pongo's wife is Mrs. Right. Predicia is actually a Dalmatian nursemaid because what happens is that uh, they have 15 puppies, right? So that's that's one of the things that actually carries between all three things is the number of puppies is always 15.
3: Going mm. the
1: book and the animated movie and the live action movie, it's 15 puppies, and the same thing happens with Lucky. Oh. Great. Okay. Yeah. They, because there's so many puppies. So 15 was already so many to them, right? Ne- Mrs. Dearly, it's not Anita in the book, goes out and gets a nursemaid named Pradisha, and that's where the character co- name comes from. And it's another dog. Yeah, okay. It's, it's a, like they get a dog nursemaid to help, you know, wealth the other puppies is what they end up doing because it's too many for one dog. I'm trying to remember because, like I said, it's still been a while since I've even seen the animated movie, so I'll really enjoy it if we ever get to it because um, I think that this movie is different enough from the animated one that it'll be a whole different thing when we when we do the animated one. Um, oh I, I completely the, agree the, so the um, it's not called the Manor okay it's called Hell Hall in the book mm. Yes. okay and um, and what I like is that they they because they're um, Mr. and Mrs dearly turn call it end up calling it Hill Hall at the end because it's actually on a hill. And they, uh, they raised their dynasty of Dalmatians, which what I was getting back to is that I think what happened is because they were trying to pay homage to that at the end here, right? That concept of a, of a dynasty of Dalmatians, so they were playing that into the live-action one. Oh, okay. A bit back from the original book. I, it, to me, that's a very – I would say that that's not something I'm surprised John Hughes zoned in on, right? Because he wasn't just writing from the animated movie, is my understanding. He was also writing from the book.
0: I think you're giving him way too much credit.
1: No, 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 no. He, he, they, <laughs> they well, they give her writers credit as well for the movie. So I suspect that he took some of, some stuff from the book rather than from the movie. Okay. Because there be no reason, I'll to, take your word for it. Well, because if they're if they're going from they didn't he claim it as an original source, they gave her writers credit for it. So it's it's a different concept, right? Um, yeah. In, true. In the in the book, right? Um, Cruella is just someone whose house they go to dinner at, a fancy dinner at and it's Cruella that, make, that makes the comment it's what a wonderful coat they'd make right and it like I said because it, and then in the um, animated movie she's an old schoolmate of Anita's right and here and here in the mo- live action movie like Bree said in the beginning um, Anita works for her so that's right. the that's the transition the character there uh, in all three cases you know she comes up with a thing now I like the the um, idea for the book, which was written by Dodie Smith, which we didn't mention, but it was uh, the book is The Hundred and One Dalmatians. Just so anyone who didn't know that, uh, Pongo was named after her own dog. Okay, and uh, she got the idea when a friend at a dinner party actually remarked, "Those dogs would make a lovely fur coat."
0: That's kind of creepy. Yeah,
1: that is. Creepy. Yeah, so uh, it's it's interesting. Um, the, uh, I think that's the majority of it uh, there's a couple more similarities um, like I said because the, in the book and the movie I already mentioned this that they cover themselves in soot in the book in the uh, book in the animated movie but not in this movie uh, and in the same same way the dogs escape in the truck and that's a scene that I feel is really missing from this movie and I think if you're rather than pad with all the other stuff they did I think it would have been a better thing to leave in the movie rather than cut out that's just my yeah. opinion um, hey I, I had I had something. What are the two movies that the dogs are watching on TV?
0: The Aristocats
1: and The Incredible Journey. Yes, but Look which Incredible gone. Journey? It was the Homeward Bound one. It was the remake. You can tell because the cat's fat as opposed to thin, just saying, so just for people who are wondering how you can tell the
0: difference. I, I don't know about you, Bree. I'm kind of terrified that you saw
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why that movie? right. Yeah, not surprised. Just a little terrified.
1: The um, car that she drives is act- in the movie is actually a Panther Deville. Mm. It's actual real car. It's a it's a real car. It's actually it's 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 a design body that sits on top of a Jaguar engine. Okay, for this movie because the the engine was too loud, they changed it to a Chevy V8, which you would think would be louder. So I can only imagine what it sounded like before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So everybody knows the movie is 101 Dalmatians, okay? But did you read it how many Dalmatians it actually took to make the movie?
2: I read on IMDb uh, 230 puppies and 20 adults they used during the filming. That's what I read. Yes.
1: And none of which were trained actors before the movie. Unbelievable. Yes, so they had to actually train them all to do all the tricks for the movie, which I mean, which is actually probably the most impressive thing about the creation of the movie. I think cause, like, animal acting is actually not an easy thing.
2: I can imagine. Yeah. So
1: I, I, I kind of dug that. So. Um, yeah,
2: that's definitely respectable.
1: So did you did you guys read who was offered to be Cruella when Glenn Close initially turned it down?
0: Sigourney Weaver.
1: Yes, yes she which was. Which I, I could not see that. No, no, I couldn't either. I mean, I, in terms of height and everything, yes, but after seeing Glenn Close, I'm really glad that Glenn Close went back and took the role.
2: Yeah, all that's sticking in my head is alien, so I seriously cannot see Sigourney Weaver as Cruella DeVille.
3: Yeah, so all I see is a scene from the great movie, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh,
2: I saw, again, on IMDb, Jeff Daniels said that on one occasion, he would hear an authoritative voice, I'm assuming one of the animal trainers or something, say, sit, and he he would sit down automatically, and then two seconds later he'd hear, not you, Jeff. (laughs) <laughs> that happened quite frequently so i thought that was funny and also again it's a really silly scene but i love it so much at the end when um when they've been arrested horace jasper skinner corella and they're all in the back of the van and and she goes congratulations you have just won gold silver and bronze in the moron olympics and horace goes who won the gold <laughs> <laughs> it's like really <laughs>
1: I just love that. <laughs> I, I love how she's she's like, she's just like, don't say it. Can you see her face too? She's like, don't say it. Don't touch it there. And yeah. she goes anyway.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the funny thing, because like that and the way Hugh Laurie w- that I talked about earlier, the way he was talking to Cruella and some of the other things, it feels like they were trying to go for that very sort of dry British humor. You know what I mean? Or not nece- necessarily dry, but you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The, yeah. The, the sort of silly British humor and so they would do it in some places and then other places they were going for just outright dumb slapsticky so the tones didn't didn't match very well
1: yeah no I hundred I percent I
0: agree yeah Any, anything very positive that we want to say before we rate this puppy
2: the
1: puppies are awesome
0: <laughs> it has cute puppies that's, that's yeah. kind of a positive statement I,
1: I, I, I do wish that um, animation had been a little bit better at, at when they did this movie, because there's a couple of times where you can just clearly tell the dogs are animated versus being the actual dogs. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: And I really thought the... Uh, you know, and, and I really didn't enjoy the uh, scene where he freezes. I didn't understand the point in that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I In a live-action movie, it's just like, nobody's going to believe that actually happens in a live-action movie. Yeah,
2: and then all of a sudden he's back. in the Right.
1: Then all of a sudden he's jam. back. Right. Yeah. Um so I didn't like that, but I mean I would say that for for me Glenn Close is the positive thing about the movie
2: yeah and, and I'm definitely her and again Hugh Laurie yeah, you I think are. they're definitely big positives and all the animals who did a fantastic job because of their trainers I mean you have to give huge props to them for that
1: and I steak and yeah, I, steak Hugh yeah was-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Laurie was the bright spot for me I thought I thought he was very funny um, yeah. Just, just in the way he did it, but
3: you know. I thought that little kid being the, the being a little executive was kind of funny. I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, he was funny. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's see what we thought about this one, uh, Cheryl. What's your
0: What's your thoughts?
3: Well, that's based on this. We're not basing it on anything else like sequels or or animated and that's stuff. Right. That's based on this. I think two and a half.
0: All right, fair enough. Two and a half. 3 what do you think? 101 Domations. I know you like it.
2: Uh, for this one, I'm going to have to go with three and a half for all the reasons I said before. It just it's it makes me feel good, and when I'm not in a good mood, I like to put it on and just get lost in the film and have fun. So three and a half. I guess it's it, what you'd call maybe a guilty pleasure kind of film for me. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I mean the plots again. I, it's not as I was saying before. It's not like something I would watch like Little Mermaid. Looking for that kind of, of depth to a film, right? You know, it's it's just it's fun.
1: I agree. I agree. All right, Todd. Oh, um, I'm gonna go middle of the road like my wife did and say two and a half.
0: All right. Uh, me, I, I I have to go a little lower. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two. Uh, it's not it's not Beverly Hills Chihuahua, so all my bashing aside, it's not that bad. Um, but I I don't foresee any. Circumstance in which I will try to watch this again uh, But if you like cute puppies It's, it's all for you
2: <laughs> If you like cute puppies Just yeah, If you're, if you're a dog puppies. person Definitely watch this film
0: Yes uh, But it's not necessarily Disney's best example Of, of pulling something from their past forward I well, would no. say no. no Yeah. All I'm right, like Homeward Bound Sorry <laughs> He went there again You didn't think he would, but he did.
2: I really didn't think he would, actually. (laughs) I knew he would.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're married to him, Cheryl. Yep. All right, so that's going to do it for this week's episode on 101 Dalmatians. Uh, Let us know what you thought of the the film, if you've watched it, or you listen to the show and you say, hey, you're wrong. Uh, You can let us know over on Facebook and our Facebook page, Disney Film Project on Facebook. You can tweet us at Diz Film Project. I saw some of you guys tweeting us on how you liked uh, the format of some of our uh, our Halloween episode just, just this very day as I'm talking. So thank you guys for that. We are at Diz Film Project on Twitter. Um, you can also post a comment in the show notes. When we post the show notes for the show, right underneath there, you can post a comment and say, hey, I really like this show, or thanks for talking about the dogs or, you know, whatever you want to say. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, you can also uh, keep in touch with us ap- across the interwebs with our various and sundry blogging uh, that we mentioned earlier. We have touringplans.com blogs from Mr. Perlmutter and myself. You have Bree and I at DisneyDrivenLife.com. You have Cheryl over at About.me slash Cheryl P3 uh, and, and all kinds of great blogging going on as well with Bree at Adventures of Bree at AdventuresofBree.blogspot.com. So make sure you keep in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you guys on what you think about uh, our blogs and uh, about what's going on on the show so we also want to thank our sponsor touringplans.com for sponsoring this episode make sure that you go check out the lines at, uh, application on your mobile phone when you're out at Disney World or Disneyland or
3: while you're uh, in line
0: or exactly while you're in line all the great tools over at touringplans.com so we thank them again for sponsoring this episode and for uh, for sponsoring us all, all the, the live long day Uh, So, until next week, folks, um,
1: thank you. Battle. Woof, (laughs) woof. You've won the battle, but I'm about to win the wardrobe.
3: Good job, mate.